on The Spy Game. Welcome everyone to Tabletop Journeys. This is our field trip episode and we're not doing a fantasy game this time. We are doing Black Cat Games, The Spy Game. We have four players who are all patrons here at Tabletop Journeys. Codename Oscar, real name Martin Ackerman. I'll be playing Mercury. Hi, Shao is the character name. And last but not least, we have Dealer. I think we need more information. I don't think we can make any, I think it's premature jumping conclusions right now. We need to figure out more. I will conduct a deeper dive once I have connection to a lander line. So going along with this concept, our uh, normal comms for official business is going to be five uh, quad fives, quad nickel. Why don't we set up just a team frequency to roll to and uh, code word to roll to that frequency whenever we want to talk about something sensitive. And I will encrypt that. I don't know. What's a good code word to roll quote, roll, roll frequency? And Oscar, you can pick the frequency since you're going to be encrypting it. Well, if you are looking for a, a channel name, it is, I, I think that you should be the one who chooses. I do not know, but I will Fair. kind of Fair enough. I say... Would it be too obvious to pick channel 66? I'm not comfortable with that channel. (laughs) How about uh, whenever we on the open comms say something about uh, doing something literally, we can roll channel and not 666. Something else that you can encrypt easily. (laughs) And make sure it's not something like guard like last time. We don't want to be transmitted. You have no sense of humor. Oscar does mention that there did mention there was a, a fourth category. That fourth category is former agents uh, and or former ass former agents, which is basically they just check to make sure their security is up because any agent, especially if they were on strike team level, has significant there's sensitive knowledge and information that's there, so their security is updated and checked on a regular basis. This list is also woefully behind so that's the list that drake exists on two on the first list witness protection two on the check criminals be one correct a witness protection devin johnson o-n or i-n o-n and she is She's a witness to a um, money laundering scheme. She was an investigative reporter out of Ithaca, New York. Worked for the Ithaca Journal. Shortly, a small company from there became a major tech giant. At a certain point, they had access to a lot of technologies, a lot of brain trusts coming out of the two universities in that town. They did really well. They, however, had some corrupt influences get involved in their organization. She was actually working there part-time while she was also pursuing her journalism degree and doing some freelance work for the paper. 
when she stumbled into this story and the money laundering that went along with that. She turned some pretty big evidence as both an insider, but most of it was because she had the ability to dig for it because she was studying to be a journalist, so she knew the right questions. Put her a file of some major players in the space. Most importantly, an organization known as Buscondote Incorporated. It's a massive firm out of uh, Boston, Massachusetts. We're about halfway through the flight. Our team has conducted some investigations trying to get a little insight as to why they're being asked to partake in this specific mission and make connections as they go with this mission and overall goals for the team. Mercury, you notice that there's some music playing on the overhead. It's in the background, it's not terribly loud. It's enough so it can be heard, but with the investigation going on, everybody else is very focused, so they're not picking up on it as much. But it is definitely something that you like. It reminds you of a good memory. What is that memory, and what is that music? I don't know. Uh, I imagine it's just a, an old, maybe a Mexican folklore song. Bring me back to my time pretty close to a, a village in mexico a lot of my cousins just chilling out we did something pretty major so we're all sitting there partying partying pretty well drinking the music's playing a little bit of festival just seeing kids running by enjoying their time a real good celebration of life it was uh, a thrill but ended in the good family moment with some of my cousins after a, a pretty long week, I think. Excellent. That music is playing. It's actually an updated version. It, it's got a bit of a more modern flair to it, but it is utilizing that core song. You remember hearing it on acoustic instruments. Basically, some family members played uh, guitar and they, they, they were doing that. And you even had an uncle who played the trumpet and was basically a, this solo horn section as they're playing the song. This has been modernized more for a club kind of feeling. It is being produced by a an artist known as Amanda Carte, and she is a new hot artist. She's like the it girl on the music scene, and uh, she is on the powerful record label known as Bump in the Night Records. And and it comes from her album, Toreador Sunset. So that's playing in the background. You, you, you feel really good about that. It's got a really good beat. It's up-tempo, like the kind of stuff that you would be bumping in your ride, trying to get it going really fast, that type of thing. But, but still reminding you of that, those good memories. They given you the the one and two from the first group. Uh, the one. The Devin Johnson. Yes. So he was Witsec. Did I give you the second Witsec person? We have Devin Johnson. And the second was Paul Tinker and Maddie Turner. They are relatively recent immigrants here, and they basically moved to the states to protect them from the issues that they were having in the UK. 
they had run afoul of some or, of some organizations. Basically, there was a group that was looking to reignite the Irish problems, and they turned in that information and basically got them afoul of what was considered a, a mob uh, wannabe terrorist organization. That group was incarcerated. The issue was handled. They've all been dealt with, but in case they have operatives, they were basically moved to the U.S. under new names. Tinker is not their original names. And currently looking for work. They have not yet found work, so they're unemployed, which does make them a bit of a vulnerability. And of course, because this is the group of the records that are two years out of date, it's been a while. They've, they are those who have fallen under the cracks. Before you go too far, just a kind of question as things are kind of developing here. Dealer and Oscar are full-time members to this, to the organization. I am a civilian contractor for us, right? Yes. And now I know Zio is the reporter that they're signing? Yeah. Okay. Just checking all the ranking, how serious people are into this. Under the released criminals, we had uh, the Damien shown us. Was there anyone else? Yep. There is a woman known as Mei Ling Soon from China. She had connections with and dealings with the triads. She was originally from Hawaii. She's been relocated to San Francisco. She served time basically for obstruction because she had information, destroyed information, refusing to turn on the triad. It is not actually believed that she was a member or with them. What is believed is that she chose to do this rather than put her family in mainland China at risk or put them in jeopardy. She basically doesn't want her at risk. She went to jail to protect her family. Correct. And it should also be noted, it is odd that a Chinese citizen would be involved in triad issues. So it's not exactly known why or where that connection comes from. The whole thing smatters of this shouldn't be. But she clearly is protecting somebody and she has never wavered from that. So she served her time. She's still fairly young. She's not even 30 yet, but and nobody has made any threats. There's never been any chatter about her or about her life. Whatever the case may be, whatever the real details are, they seem to be relatively buried because the individuals that were being investigated left the U.S. There, they went back. They went back. They went back to Japan, and they have since been lost. Like they don't know where any of them are. Like there were three or four individuals that they were trying to nail down. Operations of that group have ceased. So in that regard, they were successful in stopping what the triad was up to. It seems like money laundering and drug trade seemed to be what that was about. But more importantly, they disappeared. And nobody knows where they are or where they went. So in the third group, we have Drake. Is there anyone else in the third group? The individual who was associated in the intelligence community, but not specifically the UNIIA. They were an, they were an intelligence op- uh, operative with the U.S.'s National Security uh, Agency, NSA. 
That's an agency that does not exist anymore. It has been folded into the CIA and it is effectively a department of the CIA. And the US now allows CIA operators, but only if they are part of the NSA division to operate stateside in a very crafty bit of legislative juggling and juxtaposing of positions. So the CIA has more ability to do more things than they ever had before while still maintaining their actual mandate hasn't changed as the CIA is wont to do. Oscar, do you got a list of priorities, one, two, three yet? And then a list of decoys we can send the official vehicle after? It does appear that to borrow a phrase from you, dealer, uh, number one with a bullet is going to be Mr. Drake. He seems to be on every list. Is it wise to go there first then? It is not. But so I, would put I will three. continue to dig electronically. But the problem with Mr. Drake is that he does not have any electronic records that I can look into. He is a, let us just say, he likes his dead trees. I like leafing through dead trees. So we get to that situation, we can infiltrate. If we are manual. specifically looking at the list that we were given, or will be given, looks around the room and side eyes people. Yes, we understand, Oscar. We're not uh, all slow on the uptake. If questions that need to be asked uh, to not raise too many red flags, we may want to pick, you know, throw a couple of names out there that are tangentially associated with the list but aren't on it to... Uh, okay, but I need you to have a list that is the most circuitous. I don't know how to say that. The, the, it's going to take the longest for this decoy uh, vehicle that we get assigned to go, and then well, Mercury can take us to the most expedient way. However, I believe Drake should be the third, since he's the most likely. As much information as we can get about him, the better, especially since he doesn't have anything digital. Absolutely. I also have many concerns about this devil, but chief among them is that he may actually be working with or for Drake. Difficult to tell, especially considering the rash of tech companies having concerns and blackmail. I would say Ms. Johnson might be a way to look. She may not be behind it, but she may have a good idea. So she's tech, Drake's not. Why don't we go check out the devil together? And then we can possibly split our forces from there if necessary. One or two of us goes to infiltrate and leaf through the dead trees. It is possible. <clears throat> I also wish to do a little bit more digging into this, how you say, pseudonym? It, it is difficult. English is not my first language. Pseudonym, Damien Shonas. Whereas other texts could not find the paper trail, electronic or otherwise, I think it is wise to see if there is a rabbit hole to go down there. Yeah, I think looking on the devil would be probably our first priority for us after we ditch our... Our 
possibly bugged. But the dealer, I, just to you know, cover our bases, seeing as it seems like we're getting into some shit, and it's not as set up as we're thinking it is. Wouldn't it be prudent to like more or less have Oscar peruse the office? Let's get to home base, find out who our allies are and who's fucking not shit. Because we go out in the field and they could be cutting off our route. We could be found poking in and we don't know who's on our side. We don't know who's spying on anybody. Let's just check the info network. Maybe me and you just go out and check out some safe houses and secure some cars or whatever other supplies you may need that's off grid so we can operate independently. But I think right now probing is only gonna, it's gonna two things. Either let the bad guys know that we're onto them or be stir up some shit that we're not even ready for just because we don't even know what we're fully getting into. I think we need to make sure we have a place to operate to ourselves. If this is something you think is a, a, a betrayal. That a part of what we need to do is help ensure that the field office is up to date and that will provide us with more information with which to help determine priorities. I think we want to pretend to know nothing when we go in. Act like a like clueless nugget. Try to get a read on the people in the office. I will and, try to channel Mercury. And whatever we do, when we approach the devil, we want to be prepared. Those explosives you were talking about, Mercury? So you think the devil's more dangerous than Drake? Yes. I think he's more physically dangerous. I think that in the end game, if Drake is pulling the strings on the devil, we will find that Drake is the greater foe, but the devil is the primary threat. I don't want to walk into a room with the devil right now. You were saying the strike teams at roster is low? Yes. Recruiting has been down. They do not have as many strike teams as they're supposed to have. Every Uh, regional office should have anywhere uh, up to five strike teams. Is this because of death and replenishment, more or less, some casualties? Transfers. A lot of people are transferring out as well. Transferring out of this region. The regional office here is actually in Uh, Los Angeles. Is there a specific reason given on these transfer requests? You'd have to look at them individually, but there are a lot of them over the last five years. This has been, they've been hemorrhaging people over five years, people trying to transfer like out, one, retiring out. If I collate and sort the requests for transfers, assuming they are kept digitally, is there one that sticks out as the most common request? Retirement, morale, or, okay. Oh, Purple, you've been good to me so far. Keep it up. Ooh, 12. Retirement is heavy on, on the list which is an indication keeping in keeping up with the idea that they're not recruiting enough agents that's actually an international problem because they assign agents where there's need but interesting with this area being the area in the most need there's only one strike team operating out of the los angeles field office in general but retirement is the number one and there does seem to be an indication that some of those are forced retirements so the people who are retiring, do they appear to be of retirement age? 
You're not able to tell with authority or confirmation at this point, but there does seem to at least anecdotally be a number that were not. There are some who retirement was accepted versus legal action is being taken. But potential charges not listed? No charges listed. Disciplinaries, write-ups? Not that you can find. Man, this is the worst run agency. It must be government. Or your role just wasn't there. <laughs> I, I said what I said. It's never uh, operator. Like I said, Oscar, this is about corruption. So the less agents you have, the less eyes you have on. That is true. I am interested to see what I can glean spending time directly into their field office network. Yeah. Sounds like your type of weekend. It shall be most invigorating. About this time, uh, you get uh, a light comes on. The co-pilot opens the door and says, time to strap in, we're coming in for a landing. I'm like already double strapped in. I'll look for another seatbelt just in case. Dealer is not strapped in. He has lounged back with his feet up on another chair. And you can't quite tell through his mirrored sunglasses if he is sleeping or awake. Somebody wake Dealer up. And she goes back in. Uh, trust me, he is awake. You can tell by the recurring fits of sarcasm. With that, the plane comes to landing. It's smooth. You're landing in Palo Alto. The weather is exactly as predicted it would be. Uh, you're offloading in the airport. Or, or, or the, there. Uh, your gear is with you. You do have to wait for your transportation. When you land, you are told from the field office, we're running a bit behind. We've got a we've got a vehicle headed out towards to you now. If you just wanna wait in the luggage retrieval area, we, we should be there in, in 10. Modern car, electronics system, all that other happy fun stuff, Bluetooth and whatnot. It is actually going to be an SUV, government <laughs> black, blacked out. It is electronic with all the top grade upgrades, so it operates very well. Late in the day, is the intention that we're going to go straight to the field office? Is it like late enough in the day that that we might take another path first? Nope. It's it's early in the day. Uh, You'd be going to the field office to report and then begin based on what they say. They you have to get from them whether you're starting right away because technically okay. you don't even have the mission yet true i'm going to reimburse uh, jack stan for her liquor thank you tell you what she had you the money back i'll give you a call <coughs> you owe me for dinner i'm gonna run a scan to see if there are any tracking software other than the kind of ones you would expect from the government or if there are any snooping devices present in the SUV. Okay, and please uh, let us know the rules on that tracking software. I have no idea. All right, let's let's crack the book and learn some stuff. While you're doing that, Shao's going to turn to Mercury and say, you know anything about that bike they have for us? Emergency, pretty quick. I can't imagine very durable. Did you see what it was? I didn't really look at it. I just know it's been pretty standard. Just in case, they've always put one of those in there to break down something. 
super well, but don't worry out. If you see a car or something you like, just let me know. I'll, I'll get it for you. So, Chow, you know how to drive? Motorbike? I can drive a car. I am much more comfortable with four wheels on the ground. We know, Oscar. We know. I'm pretty sure Mercury could drive almost anything. I myself am also intimately familiar with motorcycles. We may want to get another bike or two for emergencies. We find ourselves separated from our vehicle or decide it's unwise to use it. They give us more mobility. Oh, no worries. I will, uh, when we get home, our own home base, I'll get us a nice garage of vehicles. It's kind of my forte, but that's what they brought me on for. I expect no less, Mercury. As you're waiting for your ride to arrive, dealer, you catch a glimpse of your favorite guilty pleasure television show. What is it? And how long have you been a fan of this show? So, knowing my upbringing and background, my grandfather watched it when it first came out. But I kind of a fan of Sealty and the kind of things that they did shaped a little bit of of how I model myself after that 20, 20 is ish SEAL team look, the, the mirrored glasses and... Sounds good. While you're watching, and it, it's a good episode, it's one of the more exciting episodes from the early seasons of the show. By the way, the show is in a resurgence where you're dealing with new folks and new, but this particular episode is where the agents uh, or the, the SEALs in the show are dealing with some stones and some threads unpulled from the original series, season two. And uh, specifically, they're actually going to one of the old members of the team to get his help. And they realize that he's uh, intimately involved in protecting assets from that original mission. And that's really the thrust of that particular operation. The show is actually being done as a send up to David Boreanaz. Hope I'm saying his name right because he has just received his third Oscar because he's such an incredible actor and he's moved on to other things beyond uh, the realm of television. He's done some great dramatic work in his latter years. What they expect is his farewell performance is definitely getting a lot of Oscar hype. So he may even be getting another one. So he's very huge. So his old series, all of them are really popular. And as you linger on it, this old crotchety man um, sitting down in one of the one of those hard, uncomfortable, semi-plushed chairs that airports are known for that have a bend in the wrong spot and they're harder in the wrong spots and they're just terrible. Uh, they're right up on top of each other, so you can't even really stretch out in them. This old crotchety person with a goatee looks at you and he goes, that the unit was much better. Yeah, I have a buddy who was one of them. Not me though. Combat engineers all the way. And with that, he turns back to the show. And he goes, "It's better than watching some of them Navy shows, though." Oh yes, the army. Because even the Marines need someone to look up to. Hey now, is aren't ready for Marines yet? And with that, your vehicle pulls up front. 
So I am still trying to decipher some of the hacking rules here, whether it's something I can do without expending an executable <laughs> slot. Let me see if I can help get this figured out here. So basic hacking actions include bypass, modify, and attack. I'm not trying to attack or modify anything, so maybe bypassing because I'm trying to bypass their security to see if there's anything hidden in there. Okay. I would I Does would that agree make with, sense? I would agree with that. So it's when faced with a protected operating system or password protected software, you can use the bypass action in an attempt to circumvent that security and gain access to the targeted device. The DC varies based on the complexity of the software or firewalls installed. Okay. And so that's a D20 roll with your appropriate skill modifier then, correct? Which I would assume is also, it would be infotech or infiltration. In this I mean, case, nothing would, matters, they're the same. But I would say it's infiltration in this case. Purple failed me last time, so we're gonna go with white. Ooh, that's ugly. 10. That you can tell, there seems to be no listening devices. Okay. The vehicle appears to be clean, other than what you would normally expect on a government car. You already know where we're going. So, quick question about the world there. Do we all have smartphone cell phones, or is yes. that something that wasn't developed? So, we do have all like an Apple or Samsung or whatever device yes. that has access to Google search and all that stuff. <laughs> Some of us have multiple. <laughs> Just checking yeah. to make sure. A Dictaphone. I have a Caliber One smartphone. I have a high-tech data pad as well as a Caliber One laptop. A second smartphone, a burner cell phone. I've got lots of. I've got lots of tech. And to Ben's question, the ve two vehicles actually pull up. The driver of the one vehicle that's being dropped off for you gets in the other vehicle. He, the passenger, walks up. He goes. He goes. He shows his badge. Agent Smith from the San Francisco office, if you sign for the vehicle, please. Whoever's going to be uh, primary to operator. Whoever's going to be primary operator, they need to sign for it. I get, I get the driver's seat. But dealer will come up and grab it, and he, will, he signs uh, Colonel Milfax and then hands it back. Chow slides in the front seat beside Mercury and says, Agent Smith? Seriously? And he looks at it and he goes, oh, uh, I didn't realize the colonel was coming. Don't worry, it's it's surprise. Don't you, If you knew, then it wouldn't be a surprise. Certainly. Enjoy your day. And they get in their vehicle and they speed off. Shall we? And, uh, I'm waiting for someone to open the door for me because I just signed as a colonel. <laughs> That'll be Oscar again. <laughs> If he has a free hand with all that tech he's carrying. Yeah, he's got his laptop case out. He's got the, the tablet under the arm. He's got a smartphone in his hand that he's clicking away at. He's just standing there on the sidewalk. Xiao rolls her eyes and hits the door open button on the SUV to make both back doors open. They open. Your song is bumping again. Sweet. It's going on loud. I don't know why they keep playing this garbage on the radio. Nobody asks you, man. Just keep in your little headsets and your Fortnite shit, man. Let's drive. 
It reminds me of the cartel border skirmishes. Good times. Good times, dealer. Good times, man. Why is it that everything reminds you of a gun? Some of us know how to party, Oscar. Not all of us are stuck in the uh, cyber world. As you're driving into the city from Palo Alto, heading towards San Francisco, Zhao, you remember hearing about a local politician in San Francisco somewhat recently. There's a rumor going on about that politician. What was it and from whom did you hear this rumor? I heard the rumor through my anonymous Dropbox that I have for tips, investigative journalism tips related to the scientific world. So people involved in scientific research will just send me material anonymously. I have this set up so that people don't have to reveal who they are if they don't want to. They don't all necessarily know who I am. Some local politician was involved with drug running through San Francisco. So there's some local politician involved in drug cartel action, money laundering, which would not itself be a surprise, except that some of these drugs are synthetic and are being processed in a particular local science lab. So this is a lab rat passing this rumor to me. And the local politician is known as Benny. What his full name is, I don't actually know. His or her. It's a her. She goes by Benny, which is some derivative of her middle name, because for some reason she didn't like her first name, which is Danny. But she goes by Benny Harris. And she is relatively short. She's a bit obese. She is known to be very ambitious. And she is a, a congressman on the House Intelligence Community. Yeah, the House Intelligence Committee. In fact, she is the vice chair in, on that committee. So probably I'm finding this out. At first, I just had the name Benny, but I have my smart tablet out with my slightly antique looking pen, my smart pen. And I'm looking at local news and I'm, I've just discovered who Benny is. It's pretty interesting considering what we've been learning about possible involvement of the local office, the field office in drug activity. I haven't told any of this to the others yet though, because I'm not sure our location is secure. Letting Mercury and whoever might be listening know that Agent Smith is a dumb name is one thing but revealing what I'm really learning is another. So you drive in, there's a GPS in the vehicle, basically gave you the location of the field office. It's downtown San Francisco. There's basically a federal building. And then nearby, near to that, there is a series of embassies in various places in the city. And effectively it's associated with the UN is the is the Interpol field office. 
Yeah, so as we pull up to the building, dealer will lose his sunglasses and secret them away somewhere where you can't tell that he has them on. As you're pulling up to the building, Mercury, you recognize, you can you can, can confirm that you are in fact being tail. It didn't really pick it up to the, la- to the last couple turns, but you're pulling up at this building, somebody is following you. I will, uh, I'll give, when we get out of the car, I'll let dealer know. Okay. Just whisper it to him. So you're out of the vehicle. You pull into the garage for the facility. It's got a parking structure that's underneath the uh, building. It's got like those metal pylons that raise and lower to block vehicles from going in. Um, as that's raising, is when you pull past them and they're raising up, you check them with the security there. You see the other vehicle pass you. It is a old school gas guzzling Ford Thunderbird and it has discreet <laughs> and it has some specific racing stripes um, on the side racing stripes that you remember Mercury you couldn't see in because the windows were overly tinted is this something that other people notice as well or is this just between Mercury and dealer at this point Mercury noticed they were being tailed and he whispered that with a passive perception of 15, would I have heard that or intercepted that? No. Or passive investigate or insight, I should say. They're passing information, but you don't yeah. know what that information is. Shao has Helen noticed the Thunderbird. It's a gorgeous vehicle. It is jet black. The, the, the racing stripes are actually like a thin line of flame that is yellow radiating out to orange, radiating to red, then onto white, blue, then purple. But it's still relatively narrow. It's got a lot of flourish and it is looks like it there's some writing under it, but the car went past too fast to read it. Shall we? <laughs> I'll forget that I know that. Anywho. I'm going to hold the door open and try to usher everyone inside as quickly as possible right. without being, without looking nervous or, or trying to look like I'm rushing them. All right. They can't see where you're going from in here because once you pull in, you have to find a spot to park. You can't see outside from where you park, but you go in. There's a security guard there. He goes, just need everybody to scan their cards, please. Uh, this is the federal building where they're supposed to know who we are. Yes, that's why I'm going, I'm going to look at Oscar and be like, make sure it's the right one. I will scan the active and correct card for who I really am. Okay. He looks on his clipboard and he looks on his computer. The second guard types some stuff and you go through. There's, there's a small little entranceway and then there's a side spot. Please store your gear there and your keys. Gear? All our gear was on the plane. We didn't bring any here. Okay. I got my carry-on stuff. Are you talking about we have to put our smaller bags there? The stuff we have on hand? Any weapons. We we do occasionally have prisoners within the facility, so we don't. Uh, our agents don't operate armed inside the building. Is there any metal detectors or anything where I know I'll get caught if I don't give them up? Right here. That I can see. Huh? Right here. Right here. Yeah, unless you, unless you have uh, 
clearance five, you can't pass through here with a weapon. I have clearance seven, so I'm going to pass through with my weapons. Okay. And I'm not gonna. I'm just not gonna tell anyone. I'm not gonna make a big deal about it. So you walk through. What about the rest of the team? They ask for the weapons. Do you? Oh, I, I hand over my taser. Oh, seriously? <laughs> they tickle. He puts it down. He takes the keys. He puts them in the basket. He secures it, and he hands you a little uh, lock key. Looks like, like a. It's like an old school bus station locker key. The orange tab. Yeah, on, on, on a busted ring, you know that kind of. Thing. <laughs> so you, you go in. Uh, some guy in a bad suit and a mismatched tie that was way out of date 15 years ago comes up to you and goes, "Hi, hi." Hi. Oh, calm yourself. Calm yourself. Just show us to the briefing room. Oh, yeah. We'll take you right to the bullpen. Come on. Follow me. And, and I'll look back at the others and mouth <laughs> WTF. He, he, he walks you in, and this place is decrepit. Like, it's just disheveled. Their computers look out of date. Like, just, like, bad. As you walk past... Oscar, you're offended by the fact that they have a server room that has a door propped open with a door stop and yeah, one of the, the fan blowing industrial off. fan blowing in on it. <laughs> I mean, they did everything but hook up some an ice bucket on the other side of the fan to help out. There's fluorescent lights that kind of have that weird blue wavy glow thing to them because they're not quite working and they should have been replaced weeks ago. Ceiling tiles are out of joint, out of way. He was going to turn to Chow and say, don't put this in your report. <laughs> we are going to have a long talk about server security. And you can see, because his sunglasses are on now, his like eye is starting to twitch as he's looking around at all the filth <laughs> because the Marine and drill instructor in him is just about to go berserk. You get to this other area and you see a bunch of folks, apparently they're agents, they're sitting around their various desks. They're looking at what's going on. And it's pretty clear that they are doing things in a very old school way. You get a couple of them. Most folks in this, it's 2052. People know how to use computers. Everybody working in this office grew up with computers on some level. You can see files and paperwork has been printed where people are reading it. It's just nothing. This is out of a 70s cop show is how bad this is at this point. And in behind this desk with, or behind the group of desks, a couple offices, then there's a corner office and it's got shades. And then you see somebody pulling the shades apart, waves you in and then, and he's, he's on the phone. And when you walk over there and walk in, this is the director's office. And he hangs up the phone and he goes, good, you're here. Yeah, before we get in there, I'm going to turn to Dylan and go, Hey, SML, I think we can turn around now. There's no way they'd know that we didn't make it. Shell system, Mercury. It's interesting. The cars are so nice, and the office is so bad. Yeah, this is like a fucking museum. Let's see what they have to say. Come over to Oscar, and uh, while Oscar's there, uh, I'm going to whisper to him. That we're brought in front of? Yep. That's what the plaque says on the, on the door. Okay. Or the sticky tape on the glass that has the 
yeah. a little hex pattern or, or cross pattern in it. That seems faded. What, what were you saying, Marty? Oh. I'm going to walk around the office and play with his or pick up and look at all his little trophies or plaques or whatever or pictures just to annoy him. Okay. And I will report on that as you go as at various times throughout the conversation. You, you're in the office. He's still on the phone. He hangs up the phone and he coughs. He's, I'm Lamont. I hear the, the colonel sent you to help us out with our little personnel problem. You're going to help us catch up on some of our checks. Yes, sir. Everyone's got to do their dues. Nugget strike team's got to do the nugget work. So give us that bullshit tasking and we'll try to get out of here as soon as possible. Oscar, are you you, okay? If you have the file that you could send via electronic mail, it would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, yeah. I'll have that sent to you. Uh, It's pretty easy, though, and it's uh, right here. Excellent. And he literally grabs a, uh, a piece of paper and he hands it to you, dealer. And he goes, and then he pulls open his drawer, pulls out uh, a jump drive, and he hands oh. it to you. And he, yeah, all the information's right here. Uh, we got a couple folks on the on the uh, Oscar, are you okay? Pardon, pardon yeah. me, director, but it was a long flight. And I must make my excuses. I'll be back in just a moment. Yeah, he doesn't. He didn't deal well with the flight. A little bumpy coming in. And Probably I'll uh, excuse myself and leave my laptop behind okay. uh, and step out. All right. Here. In a hunt for the restroom, I will basically make a beeline for the server. Excellent. We'll get to that in just a moment. He's like, yeah, there's a couple names on the list we need you to take care of. There may be more later on. I know you're here for at least a week, so we'll see what, what, what happens. But this is what we have to get done, hopefully today. But that's the goal. We'll see if we can kind of knock this out. Hit them in any order you want. Just report back. Tell, tell us what you got. Okay. If there are any problems, let us know. The, the disc has security measures that should be on file, should be in service where each of them are. The only one we're really worried about is the Shonis guy. Uh, he, he could be problem. Uh, they could be problematic. Uh, you want to make sure that you're careful. Approach that one with caution. Well, of course, yeah. Obviously, we don't want to get into your mess or your hair as much as possible. Is there anything else we should know about what's going on in the city? Not much. You just missed the St. Patrick's Day uh, parades and stuff, so it should be good. Nothing big. Enjoy. There's all kinds of sights. So, so uh, we got one of those new PR patch-ons. Is there any place we should take to make sure that they get the best light, if you know what I'm saying? Tightens up his tie, rolls down his sleeves. I give him a little wink and be like, I understand. Reaches for his his out-of-date corduroy, brown corduroy with elbow patch jacket. Also doesn't match the blue pants that he has on. (laughs) And I'll lean in and be like, and the red stripe. I know what you mean. I don't want him here either, but brass gotta do. I'm right with you. I'm right with you. I'm right with you. It reminds me of the days when, hey, put that down. That's, 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 that's fragile. And it's a beautiful picture of uh, a bunch of guys in fatigues in some kind of military operation. Looks like it may have been during the African continental conflict. He goes, 
be careful with that. And then, uh, I'm sorry, man. I couldn't tell it was you. You seem to dress a little better in here than you do right now. So, sorry, oh, man. Yes. That's me right there. And he points, he goes, I was the spotter for our squad's for our, our squad's uh, sniper there. So, yeah, we, we, yeah, those are good days. We really had each other's back. Of course, as it should be. Again, and I'll lead in with this, this PR here. I heard there's some, there was some triad issues around here. So is there areas we shouldn't, uh, shouldn't be bringing in? There've been problems in the docks, but local Leos insist they've got it covered. I don't want to step on their toes. We operate PR in a way that doesn't allow, we don't want to make waves with the locals. So they say they've got it, they've got it. We haven't been assigned anything specific, but things have been getting bad over here. They really need to really get those cops to drill down on some issues. Yeah. So what area shouldn't I take them to? What are not good areas for PR reasons? Yeah, the docks. I would definitely stay away from the docks. So we have the list. Uh, anything else? Any other party wisdom for us in your territory? Oh, yeah. Very clear. No discharging of firearms without prior approval. Okay. What about tasers? Really? Taser? Yes. Tasers. If you can find somebody that would be hurt by one, use it away. Yeah. No firearms, though. Local Leos don't like it. They are insistent. There's some local ordinances. They want to curtail. Yeah, it's California. I understand. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll keep it on the DL. Yeah, yeah. We want to make sure that nothing happens. But by all means, carry out the mission, and you be sure to thank the the colonel for sure. lending a hand. We go way back. In fact, he's in this picture sure. too. He points to the, the colonel who was at the time of Butter Bar. Nice. Chow, you got any uh, questions? Uh, anything for your your article, your report? And Chow, Chow smiles brightly, pretending, putting on this sort of persona of an enthusiastic young reporter, and says, "It's so interesting to see these photos of where Strike Team first came from." Oh. Well, this is before we were even in the strike team. This is back when the Colonel and me and Drake, we were serving together in 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 the continent, in continent, in the African continent, and we had to make sure that we kept each other alive because Drake's first team didn't do so well. We had to make sure Drake was our he was our boss. I mean, he was in charge. So we wanted to make sure that he wanted to make sure we stayed alive. And he did a good job of keeping us all alive back then. And still acting as though she's writing a fluff piece, she says, what do you think are the top reasons why young people might want to join these days? See the world, save the day. But it's just, it's so hard these days to get young people excited. Look, we are 20, Two years, twenty no, twenty years. Let's see, it's twenty, twelve, fifty-two. Yeah, we are twenty years almost. Just we're about to hit the twenty-year mark when some of the initial reopening to the moon explorations were started. Then there were some terrorist activities, slowed that down. But we're now ten years after they actually have robots up there starting to build structures. They're going to be actual lunar colonies in the next 
30 years. We need to make sure that people want to do this work here on the dirt here on earth. But so many young recruits are joining all these different nations versions of Space Force or whatever. Why after 20 years, we have still not gotten rid of that damn name. I don't know. But at any rate, we got so many people joining up with that, that it's really hard to get recruits. Certainly I hear out of San Francisco, so many companies around here are invested and working on it. We're just losing people to those companies, their own internal security forces, as well as recruits to the Space Force program. See the world, save the day, help here on earth. Great, thank you, sir. That'll be very- Well, I like that. You should write that. You should definitely write that. Most of those ideas came right from you. Oh, you're too kind. And oh, and when you're going through the list, make sure Drake doesn't blow you off. He, I'll be candid with you because you work for the Colonel. He never really liked me much. And he doesn't seem to think I do a good job at my command. We'll definitely prove him wrong for you, sir. If there's anything else, Director, I think we need to get on with our day. Absolutely. One thing, Director, uh, we have access to the the motor pool and surveillance equipment. See? We got your key. Yeah. When you come go out of my office and she'll help you with the requisition, I believe we have you on budget for $500, $500 worth of gear. Each. Plus a car, right? No, we oh. already gave you the car. You Car's on the house! <laughs> <laughs> of course, Lamar. Of course, yes. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I've got some work to do. But I've got uh, a couple of times going here. I, I got a, and you see his phone. He's got one of those old phones that actually has like the buttons lighting up and the whole bit. I'll get back to you. And he sure, literally just sits down and starts ignoring you. Two things. Ben, can you give me a an investigation roll for all the things you're picking through while you're doing that? And then I'm going to while just hold on to that number while we catch up. Oscar. I'm assuming that's going to be espionage. Yes. Because there is no investigation. Good call. That role is to you directly. All right. Thank you. All right. And Oscar. Bathroom is across from the server room. God damn. Layout on this place is unbelievable. And I veer into the server room, step around the fan and find a place to plug in as you were stepping around so you're not right in direct sight of the door mm-hmm. there is a, a technician in there who's got one of the trays folded down and he's got a unit plugged into it he's doing some he, he's doing some work he goes hey they send you in for the back of the server work too oh yes very important they said so i am here to help in any way that i can what are you working on right now backing up the investigation files from the last uh, five years. And then they want me to do some system diagnostics. And then the deputy director, he has a problem because he can't fix his Excel spreadsheet because he can't remember the damn formulas that I sent him before. It is amazing how quickly they forget or never bother to learn. And he's blowing up my phone. He's mad. I don't know. 
I'm going to get a shitty review. I it's know so, it has to be done. And then he wants me to go do that. I can't get enough of this shit done. All right. So I, it's okay. I will take care of the system diagnostics. I will take that off your plate. Excellent. I'm going to go do that and gra- grab some food from. I'll try to catch his badge name or, or number. Four, five, seven. It, does he look like an employee or does he look like a contractor? He is a low-level employee. His name is Matt Holmes. Holmes? Yes. Okay. Gray eyes, brown. And he pulls down his... Uh, at, 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 and at that, he pulls his... He, he To talk to you, he pulled out one of his earbuds. Earbuds, yeah. And the music he was playing was again... The song that you love so much. Oh, seriously. Who did that woman? Well, it's unfair. Talent never seems to prosper. Ain't I, isn't that right, Matthew? I think she's... No, it's just Matt. I, I was him. referring to you and your talent. It was uh, a joke, but not really, because you were talented. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I love this. I mean, my old man, he used to listen to... these records in fact to put me through college he sold his original copy still in the plastic of Torridor Sunrise by Quentin Marcus like an old like blues album I don't really listen to that kind of thing but I'm told it was like really hot and he's the guy who like owns like the record label and and whatnot so or founded the record label I don't know no one but he was like some big shot singer producer guy and so when he sold that it went for a whole lot of money interesting yeah but I, college i was more interested in bands like the death metal cowboys they are from botswana years and years ago yeah this is san francisco <laughs> and he walks away if you're talking about San Francisco, then you might want to check out Exodus. They are an older band too, but very good. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go fix an Excel spreadsheet. Thanks, man. You want a coffee or something? I would appreciate that. Okay. Strong yeah. enough to stand a spoon up. Like you didn't want the foam in it? I think that comes naturally when the coffee is strong enough. You guys from back east are weird. All right, and he, and he walks away. So I will plug in and begin running the system diagnostics, specifically looking for snoop programs, files that have been misplaced or hidden so they didn't get filed correctly. And I will, if I can access Lamont's computer, I will install a key logger and a screen logger. Okay. You're going to need to run another one of those. <clears throat> Are you trying to... This is. Gonna, I am this won't actually, be a bypass. This is... So when it actually comes to the screen log, uh, the key logger, I will actually expend one of my executable slots. Because that's a program and a, a spell in this system. All right. And the details on that? Good question. Key logger. Keystroke logging is the practice of recording the user input from a keyboard to record passwords or other sensitive information typed by the user. 
Using a keylogger on a target device allows you to monitor the keystrokes in real time whenever a connection is established. So the hacker keeps the attacking tool running in an executable slot for the duration of their surveillance. So I use one of my executable slots and I basically start logging everything that Lamont types. He is definitely working on uh, some information. He is busy at moving resources within the agency at his disposal. Moving them to places you wouldn't expect or actually doing his job. He's moving them into areas you would not expect, but they are definitely part of his job. It is clear that the budget has been reduced in this location for a long time. And it seems as though he's been trying to move money around to keep things afloat. That's why he was reaching out for extra assistance here. He, but he's basically moving money to the weapons and ammunition budget. So he's taking money away from surveillance budget and putting it into weapons and ammunition because it is clear that they are low on ammunition in this facility. And it is pretty clear that he has a lot of orders that are being sent out that are being held because funds aren't right there. Mm -hmm. And it does appear to be that there is some appropriations that are being held up at the regional office that are not being allocated here. Looking into that, the specific request for ammunition, does it appear that he is expecting some form of conflict where he's ramping up the armory? Or is this just replenishing because they're so damn low that they can barely load their guns right now? Insight, please. Wow, my dice are failing me hardcore right now. That was an eight. Indeterminate at this time. What you can tell is that they are very low at this time because of use and non-replenishment in the past. And there is a history of shorting that fund and funding other things. And when the next quarter's budget comes in, replacing it here and shorting some other thing, he's basically robbing Peter to pay Paul with a budget and has been doing so for five years, which is why things are getting run down. They've actually cleaned out maintenance and it is pretty clear that because he actually signs a couple of documents electronically signs a few documents that they are they've reduced contracting staff to include janitorial and things of that nature in the because he literally cannot afford it any longer okay so then delving into the budget itself you said surveillance was one of the pools being robbed from where are they currently using their surveillance and what surveillance programs that they had in place are being backed off from? Basically, what they're doing is they have access to, and by access, subscriptions to many of the different types of programs that they need to maintain a robust surveillance and digital security footprint. And at this point, they are keeping the bare minimum to be within the regulations anything outside of regulations, which means they are woefully behind any criminals operating in their threat area. Okay. And then next, when it comes to that same kind of train of thought, looking at what they are currently, what their budget currently is and where they are at with their expenditures for private investigators, um, 
is Drake high on that list when it comes to salary? Like they might be overpaying him? Are they current with him and also with the other investigators that they employ? Drake, when he has worked, has only ever taken about two to $300 a job from these folks. So underpaid, woefully. Like, naughty, woefully underpaid. It's as much as he took it a pay so that it wouldn't cause uh, a blip for not getting paid for the job. He's not been paid for his work at all. But is still doing it that we know of because he hasn't filed a report in five years. He is not. It appears to have stopped five years ago. Okay. Is that when work stopped also for him? Or has he still been continuing to get paid after that? You don't know that from what you're looking at here. Okay. Guys, I'm struggling. Anything else? (laughs) Sorry. Um, (laughs) Then I will try to dig into if there's any information that wasn't in the initial briefing with regards to the devil and the triad in particular. It is pretty clear that specifically the triad investigation is a money laundering event. Whatever they were doing had nothing to do with the investigation here is money laundering. One thing that was mentioned about the devil was that the only person who has identified Damien shown us as the devil. That's I'll very see if I get a copy of that report and see what his exact analysis and where he gets that determination from. Nothing. And what other people said about that when he said that, oh yeah, definitely shown us is the devil. How did other people respond? To be specific, the record shows that he asked other people about that. Like when questioning Sus, okay. he didn't even ask if. He said, I know that. What can you tell me to prove it? And nobody has fessed up. So, dealer is going to go talk to the, the was it, uh, let's start with the G. And Janine, asking about gear and stuff that we might get. He's also going to want to try and find out if there's any safe houses or bolt holes in the city that are used uh, by the organization and where their locations are. Continue. And any places that are normally uh, notoriously difficult for them uh, to get into or to have influence in. Requisition equipment and file paperwork. You probably have to ask the operational S2 officer, but they're not here today. Oh, of course not. Where's their office? If I can leave a message for, for later. It's the one right next door to the director. Oh, yeah. okay. S2 is also the deputy director. Oh, of course they are. Well, I appreciate it. We may have some requisitions later. I got to find out what areas and stuff we're going to. And then I'm going to head back to that door and kind of uh, stealthily look around, make sure that being nonchalant and stuff like that and pick the lock and go in. Well, the lock is actually pretty secured. She says, if you want to leave a message, I'll just open the door for you. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And she opens the door. And I'm going to start looking through the desk like I'm looking for pad and paper. You're opening a desk. Everybody in the bullpen can see it. What do you mean? So this is consider like an old newsroom where all the desks are all facing towards 
the editor's office. So, so the S2 the is this open? That's very odd. She's got a shade, but the shades are up because she's not there. And the door itself is was secure. Yeah, I'm going to, to, to be rifling over the desk. And as I'm rifling over the desk, I'm pretending to look for a scrap of paper or something that's close to to be able to write a note on, I'm actually investigating and looking to see what's actually there and what kind of stuff is, is going on that is left out of it. The desk is completely empty. No pads, no pads. There's a couple pens and there's a white sticky notepad, one of the little mini size boat. Pencils though? Pen 11. Yeah, she's got some pencils. So I'm going to try to do the whole and I'm writing a note and I'm going to rub that top of that pad to see if I can get some kind of impression with a pencil. Certainly. And then rip that off and crumple it up, put it in my pocket like it's a, a mistake and then write an actual note about asking about bolt holes or safe houses, requesting <laughs> bolt holes and safe houses in the area. Excellent. You get an etching, there is an impression there without taking the time to look at it. We'll get to what it is later. You write a note and I'll leave it on the desk. There is with one, my cell phone number. Yep. There is one thing you do notice. There is a patch on the desk that seems dusty, except for a rectangle, approximately laptop size. Yep. That's tech. That's whatever. Not much I can do about that now. So yeah. Other than that. I'm also going to look around the room to see what kind of person this deputy director is, see if there's any other memorabilia, pictures of old campaigns like in the director's office or anything like that, children. There is a picture of her with a couple politicians, and, and there's a picture of her uh, swearing in. There's a picture of her in some kind of committee thing. But there's. It, and there is a picture of her in a luxury box at a sports event. Let me guess, 49ers? No, actually. Golden State Warrior. Uh, getting as much information as I can and leaving the notes so that I can figure that stuff out later. Yeah, the, looking at the plaques and stuff on her wall, she seems to have been a career administrator. Fieldwork does not appear to have been in her past. All right. The guy comes back. He's got coffee. Oh, excellent. I do appreciate this. Yeah. Uh, he said it was, uh, I don't know, Folgers? It sounds like a, a traditionally American brand. Yeah. And he says, did you, finish up, did you finish up the backups? Oh, yes. I have completed that. And I have the, uh, the diagnostic is currently running. It might take a little bit more time. So if I do need to step out, I would just let it go so that it can finish. Oh, okay. That's the last thing I had to do today, so I'm going to call it. Thanks, man. I, I can understand that. Be well. Absolutely. He tries to give you a, a hand clasp and do all the I kind of fumble through it. He's dude, man. Seriously. Yeah, I don't even know. And he goes... But you're cool for helping me out, man. I appreciate you. I really do appreciate you. And he heads out. When we get back together and we're all someplace where there's no obvious eavesdropping and a yep. low tone, I'm going to ask, so where shall we start? Just a point of clarification. The deputy director, 
that was not in the office that was what dealer was looking for that's the same deputy director who assigned matt to running this uh server room yes okay that apparently you went to help teach excel yeah i will leave myself or create for myself a, a back door so that if there's any protection on this server that i can easily get around it if i need to get back in again okay and i will make a backup like i said i would and i will run that system diagnostics and i will leave the keylogger running the director's office computer dealer would you have mentioned anything about the director deputy director to oscar specifically about the missing laptop no because i figured that was all going on while you were still doing your server stuff okay i'm just saying that if you had messaged it or whatever but i get it so you guys are all set you have the vehicle you originally came in which of the folks do you wish to go to first that's what dealer was just asking us yeah uh, so we're having this conversation before we get to the SUV, yeah. correct? Yes, I yeah. don't want to talk in the SUV. Okay. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll hand right Mercury on. a list of the vehicles in the motor pool. If any of these strike your fancy, they could be made available. Kind of shrug. All of the vehicles in this motor pool, their maintenance logs are bad. They're bad brakes. They've had issues. They literally have two vehicles that are up to operational standards. The one you're in and the one that they drove to drop off you. Everything else is substandard. Oh, shit's about to get real. The glasses are so on. As we're entering the, the motor pool and starting to talk, the glasses come on. They appear out of whatever random pocket that they disappear into and cannot be seen when their glasses are up. And they come back on. So, do you find it suspicious? that your deputy director is absent on the day that we arrive. No, she's a, she's a bogue. But it's, does she not miss work often if the desk is empty and the dust on the top? Maybe, but if she's in, into something, it's a, it's higher up. It's not the kind of stuff we're here to look at. Sure, but but it, it's not the, it's not what we're looking at. Do we start at the top of the list, or do we start at the bottom? So we start at the farthest away from where we want to go, but I, the least likely to, to actually be something. And pull up Mercury, the list. how far away do we need to be before you can scoot out and go find us something else? Like, you guys go check it out. That's fine. Let me hit the streets and, and do my thing. They're not going to notice where I am. Unless they're going to pull up the traffic cans. That's that's what I'm thinking. So we will go to, like I said, until you have a prior word for us, we will take the vehicle to the farthest, least suspicious individual and let Mercury do his thing. I send the list of all the employees and their addresses, uh, as well as our the contacts we were given and their addresses to dealer. I'd say Tinker and Turner. The UK nationals who are under witness protection, they seem pretty far down the list of suspicious. I would agree. Either that or this uh, long street. So, dealer has an earpiece and a hand radio. 
as part of his normal gear. Does anyone else have any comms other than their cell phones? Everybody would have an earpiece set up. Okay. What's the range of those? Should be radio. Huh? Barring being in a Faraday cage, it should be pretty. Yeah, it can piggyback off the towers. Yeah, you'd be fine anywhere in the city, and though there will be specific spots where uh, reception could be challenging. Yeah, there'll be dead spots and stuff like that. It shouldn't be too bad. It should be line of sight, five miles ish. Yeah, yeah. Even without taking into account that Oscar has three different cell phones, a couple of tablets, and his laptop. So Shao is going to reply to Oscar and say, "Long Street is security, national security. I'd rather go check out Tinker and Turner." I think they're bottom of the list. I do not disagree with that, but I was just saying that of the agents and of the people on the list, for me at least, he is closer to the bottom than the top. So the three of us will go and check out the yin and yang or whoever they are and uh, wait I for I think that is a pretty racist comment. Tinker and Turner. Yin and yang, Tinker and Turner, whatever. We're gonna go check them out because we're not worried about them. Meanwhile, Mercury's gonna get do his thing, get us some clean wheels and contact us, at which point we will meet up with him in some location, probably his choice, so that uh, we can swap out and have someone else hopefully drive our vehicle around while we go into the clean car. That sounds great. Yeah. All right, let's get to it. Thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. Join us at www.ttjourneys.com, where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast. You can also stay in touch by subscribing to our Twitter, at TT Journeys, by joining our Facebook group, Tabletop Journeys, or by sending an email directly to podcast at ttjourneys.com. And remember, if you want early access to all of our episodes, a chance to drop dice with your favorite hosts, and maybe even appear in one of our actual plays, you can join our Patreon to help support the show at patreon.com forward slash ttjourneys. You're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or Audible. We would appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast on that platform. Full episodes come out every week on Saturdays, and every Tuesday features our actual play episodes. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our growing community. And in the words of another traveler along our path, we bid you shade and sweet water.